we're joined by Carol Myers, a partner at Glasswing, executive coach, independent board member to some pretty cool companies, and the former CMO of Rapid7. Uh, we've never talked about a career in cybersecurity marketing, so I thought it'd be really cool to get Carol's viewpoint. Plus, Carol works as an executive coach, so I know she's got some great insights about career growth. So welcome, Carol. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good to see you, Gene. It's great to see you. And uh, I'm going to bore the audience for one second, but I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and saw that you worked at Shiva early in your career. So my first tech company was Cayman Systems. Oh, yes. Those were the two. They went head to head in a networking product. So that was pretty cool. That was that's how I got excited about tech, like going in this Cambridge place with all these really cool people, everybody in a cube. <laughs> yeah, this is what I want to do. So cubes, absolutely. Yes. So you were my competition. Yeah. I was in sales there. So <laughs> wow. that's awesome. Well, fantastic. Well, I'm sure we could talk for hours about people we have in common way back then. But yes, for our listeners, because many of them are young and thinking about starting their careers. So let's jump into it. So, Carol, you've spent many years in cybersecurity marketing, and you told us that there's really a myth about the negative connotations of cybersecurity marketing and, and that it's all about FUD or all about the bad guys and worst-case you know, worst scenarios. So you know, can you just tell us a little bit about your experience and why you got excited about you know, Rapid7 and some of the other companies you've worked for in cybersecurity and, and helping them build great marketing programs? Yeah, Gene, you know, it is one of those things that I initially thought, I don't think I'll go into cybersecurity (laughs) marketing. But then I finally did. And I think it, you know, it was a switch in headset for me and a really big part of how we did our marketing at Rapid7. I'd say everyone in the marketing team felt strongly that we had a mission to be part of the cybersecurity solution and not purveyors of fear and doubt. There's plenty of that to go around in cybersecurity. Lots of headlines to deal with. So we really set out, you know, in addition to the company values, right, which we had, we established our own set of values and guidelines to help us stay true to that mission. So for example, before publishing anything, we asked ourselves, you know, does this blog post, does this podcast, does this webinar provide clear and useful information to help improve cybersecurity? And if not, we either scrapped it or went back and figured out how to make it build in that kind of value. And I remember, you know, really, it really struck me when Heartbleed hit. I don't know if people remember that from a few years back. And the marketing team was online and on calls with each other and our product and technical teams until 3 a.m., working Mm -hmm. to ensure that our software would be ready to help and that we published accurate information to help cybersecurity professionals battle through the issue and keep their organization safe. Now, there was no expectation that people (laughs) stay up till 3 in the morning. Everyone did it because they wanted to be on top of it. They wanted to be fast. They wanted to get the information out to people about what can you best do to protect yourself. And that permeated everything we did. You know, it led to us doing free tools when things like Heartbleed happened and others so that people could go assess their own level of risk, even if they weren't our customers. Mm -hmm. So this was a mission felt deeply throughout our organization. And if we had to share bad news or also known as FUD, There was a requirement that we provide guidance on how to address this this risk. Like you can't just lament about the bad news. You've got to produce something that's useful to help people with it. And if not, just stay out of the fray. There's plenty of other people spreading the bad news out there. Um, And so if we received a note of things from a customer 
that was the most thrilling thing that we could have. And I think everyone in marketing slept a little better knowing that the mission they were doing really mattered. You know, it it was really important to get the communications out. Yeah, I think about the one of the first times I ended up in cybersecurity, a little happenstance. I was doing my own thing. I joined a company because I believed in the mission of the CEO, but I didn't really understand cybersecurity. And then we had somebody from the SANS Institute come and present. And uh, he was the first one that really helped me understand the importance of cybersecurity. And this is going back almost 17, 18 years. And I was like, wow, you know, I've just been selling hardware to corporations. And I was like, wow, like this could make a difference, right? And, and I don't take it to the level of, uh, you know, we're not doing brain surgery here, but you really are, you know, you're helping people sleep better at night at their jobs if we do our jobs as vendors in cybersecurity. So that's fantastic. So I think the other myth that you see in cybersecurity from a marketing perspective is that you have to understand cybersecurity and all the ins and outs and you have to wear a hoodie and and be a hacker. (laughs) So, you know, what's the reality there? Yeah, I think Experience in cyber can be both a blessing and a curse if you're in cyber. So when you're completely steeped in something like cyber, you know, there's a benefit, right? That's you already understand the market, the competition, the customers. But I think it can sometimes blind you and you can get a little jaded about what customers do and don't care about. And so, for example, cyber is very serious business. Like there really are bad things that can happen to individuals, you know, to society through cyber breaches. But sometimes we strip all the fun out of it. And cybersecurity pros like to have fun just like anyone else. So, and they appreciate humor and they appreciate opportunities to engage and to, you know, to have a little fun as well. And so you got to make sure you remember that these are human beings and it's not all about, you know, the fear, uncertainty and doubt as we were just talking about, you know, and I think that. If you have a strong foundation in marketing, which means you understand that marketing hinges first and foremost on the customer, that no matter what you market, you've got to do the work to understand your customers, what their job entails on a tactical as well as an emotional level. You have to understand their motivations and their stresses. And you have to understand all the players that you're going to be competing against and the process that's involved in buying. So ultimately, I think if you're interested in cybersecurity, you're curious about the customers in the market and you're willing to put the work in to learn, you can apply your marketing skills just like you can in any other market. And you shouldn't be afraid of jumping in. You can absolutely learn it and understand it. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. So I'll just give a plug to Rapid7. I know that, Carol, you're no longer there, but it is a great company. I just saw Corey Thomas, CEO, the other day at an event always trying to send people his way. So uh, for those looking to get into a career in cybersecurity, Rapid7, let's give them a plug and uh, you know definitely check out their uh, job postings because it's a great company. And we, uh, as I think I mentioned, Carol, when I'm, I'm in the office, which I'm not today, I stare at the Rapid7 office uh, <laughs> right in the, the North Station area of Boston. So really cool facility. So uh, yeah, check out the company. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. So if you aren't following Carol on LinkedIn, please do. Uh, She's got some great uh, insights. And uh, I'd like to talk about your two recent posts. One of them, you talked about the value of uh, knowing when to quit. And, uh, you know, that is a kind of, it has to be a career skill. So what did you mean by that? Yeah. Well, first, Jean, thanks for reading. (laughs) I appreciate it. You know, what prompted 
that piece was just thinking about various people I was engaging with in a lot of my work. And I've met a lot of people in marketing and other types of roles who don't really like what they do. You know, we were just talking about cybersecurity marketing. It's not for everyone. And I even had people on my team who I could tell didn't love what they were doing. They didn't attach to the mission that well. And I've often encouraged them to quit, you know, quit the job, go find another job. (laughs) Even though, of course, I don't want to lose anybody who's good at marketing, but I don't want to have people just keep doing something because they're getting paid well, or they don't know what else to do with themselves. And I thought about it too, from a larger scale in a business, right? You acquire technology for your company, you find out ultimately, it's really not a great fit for your business. You know, maybe the product isn't that good, or it's not competitive. Or you thought you were going to go into some new market, but now you realize like this is probably not the best course of action for your company. Too often people get stuck in the sunk cost thinking, you know, and like, well, I paid for this thing, you know, I gotta make sure it works out. Right. Um, but sometimes you your best bet really is to wind something down and go put that money that you're gonna have to spend to try to be successful with a product that's not a good fit into helping your current customers, building up a market you are stronger in. So it just sort of struck me that we are afraid to quit things and to move on and to just say like, this isn't right for me. Let's just go take a different course of action. And that's what really prompted me to write about it. You have to be willing to quit things that aren't your best opportunities if you're going to be able to spend your time on what are your best opportunities. I think that's really well said. I think about uh, one of the best piece of advice that I heard uh, Bob Brennan, the former CEO of uh, Veracode, who I know Carol Carol also knows, yeah. uh, well-known in New England, very successful executive. But one of the things he would say to his team, it's okay to quit, because, but don't quit and stay in your role. And I think that was really resonated with me because sometimes that's what people do. Like, as your point, they are getting paid well or... Or they have got some good friends there, but you have to figure out what your mission is. What is going to get you excited, get you up early, staying late and doing whatever it takes to be successful because it's a part of your mission. But if you get in a company and it's a bad cultural fit or the mission you don't vibe with, that's okay. You know, I think the biggest thing with my MBA at Northeastern, I remember is sunk cost or sunk cost. You know, the worst thing you can do is spend more money or more time on sunk cost. They're sunk cost. They're just move on. And to your point, it's like, it's okay. You know, if people say, why'd you leave your last company? It's like, hey, my mission and their mission weren't aligned. People will understand that, right? So absolutely. I think it's great guidance. So last question, you wrote another great post recently about playing to your strengths. And even if they don't always seem to align your strengths. So can you share a little bit of you know your philosophy around this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it was interesting. This particular one seemed to strike a chord with a lot of people. I got a lot of personal notes. And in fact, I reconnected with some people who were like, hey, you know, (laughs) I want to talk more about this. Can we hop on a Zoom or grab a coffee? So I think it struck a chord. And I think it's because we spend a lot of time thinking about personal growth and development, which are incredibly important. And I'm a big believer that people can and do change. You know, sometimes people think like, oh, that's how I am and it, it can't be changed. But I think we have vast capacity for learning and growth. And there are some weaknesses that we should probably try to overcome. You know, for example, if I'm a terrible listener, it probably is worth me working on my listening skills. 
not just because of my job, but for my personal life, right? Everyone likes to feel listened to at some point. So if you're really bad at it, you know, it's probably something you should work on. You may not become the best listener in the world, but you can get good enough that it helps you in so many ways. And I think that goes to if you have a strong desire to achieve a particular goal and there's something you're not good at, you know, yeah, you want to focus on maybe getting better at that because it matters to you and your goal. But I think too often we focus on that what needs to change that we're not good at versus what do we have that's already really good? You know, what are our strengths, are our superpowers? And so we shouldn't put all our energy into fixing things we don't like about ourselves. We got to put some energy into making our strengths even better, right? Because that's going to open up lots of new possibilities for us. And so the point was really to say, really do some self-reflection and understand what your strengths are. Think about where those can differentiate you and bring a ton of value. And then work to put yourself in situations where you can use those strengths and make them even stronger you know, than they are today. How can you deepen them and how can you play to those strengths? And so that's why I, I wrote that because I think too often we over-index on weaknesses. I know, I don't know if you've ever done a 360 gene, but it's really right. hard not to yeah. over-index on the weaknesses right. <laughs> <laughs> when you do one of those. But your personal growth isn't about your weaknesses. It comes from expanding on your strengths too. And I wanted to make sure people don't lose sight of that. Yeah, no, additional, just great advice. So for our listeners, please look up Carol Meyer Myers on uh, LinkedIn and uh, connect with her. She's got a lot of great information, insight to share on that. Uh, so please uh, check her out. And thank you, Carol, for being a great guest. And uh, I knew it was going to be a great episode, and it definitely was. And for all of our business majors that are focusing on marketing or people that are in marketing outside of cybersecurity and want to get into the field, there's just a ton of great companies to work for doing really cool stuff. They're well-funded. They can be a lot of fun, and they are very mission-driven. So let's uh, really encourage people to check out all the great companies and all the, the job posts in this field. So as a reminder to our listeners that are trying to up their cybersecurity skills, you can get one year free of our content going to ThreadX Academy and using the code PODCAST. Uh, ThreadX Academy covers a wide variety of cybersecurity skills, and you can learn more at academy.threadx.com. Thanks again, Carol. We appreciate your time, and I'm sure our listeners are going to love this episode. Have a great day and great holidays. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.